Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Hey, if you're a fellow podcaster, let me tell you about Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. That's right. They're providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today and become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And let them know the nerds sent you by adding our podcast, The Amazing Nerd Show, in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Once again, that's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Welcome, nerd. Are you ready to launch 153rd edition into nerdum? Preparing for launch? Queuing bitchin' rockabilly track. Priming engines. Now jacking into the net. Unecrypting files for comics, TV, movies, wrestling. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the amazing nerd show. So, Damon, let me take you back to 2019. Sure. I promised you I would make a YouTube channel, correct? Yes. And then what did I do? Procrastinated. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I ended up, you know, because I needed some editing software. I needed to have a computer that runs well. Um, and there was a special game coming out in the future that I really wanted to play on it. So I built an awesome, you know, the best thing I could possibly put together type of PC setup that I possibly could all for April to come around mm -hmm. and I'd be able to play one game on my for the first time on our YouTube channel all brand new and what game was that Damon Cyberpunk 2077 Yes that's correct and what happened Damon You procrastinated more uh, Well yes but I ended up having to wait because the game was initially delayed cool. So that we got Sure, that's your excuse, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the game got delayed. I started putting tons of videos up on our YouTube channel. Started getting everything together. Make sure that you're subscribed to us, The Amazing Nerd Show on YouTube. Um, you know, all in order to get to the next month, which was November, where the game again got delayed. My heart was broken. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm seething in anger, but I'm waiting. You know, I'm waiting for the final opportunity to finally get to play. Where are we now, Damon? Uh, Cyberpunk week? Yes, Damon, we're finally here. <laughs> oh my God. All this time, all this waiting, all this effort, Damon. All for this. The reason the podcast still exists, all for this, Damon. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a game that I've been super into, super interested in. If you've been listening to the podcast, probably since the beginning, I have been talking about this. Uh, my girlfriend recently just brought up, I've been talking about this game since we first met. You know, this has been, you know, the game that I've wanted to play for years. I think it all stems from my love of the aesthetic of, you know, cyberpunk in general, um, you know, and, and just grows from there. The movies, everything. I, I love cyberpunk, the, the genre. And now that there's a game that seems to encompass that, I'm so excited to finally get my hands on. Now, we are recording this before. I actually do get to play the game. Yeah, I was going to so, say, what if it sucks, man? <laughs> Are you going to be okay? <laughs> exactly. Like, what if it's a Phantom Menace situation where oh. I'm, like, in denial? I can see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll be looking for a new co-host. 
End of the show right uh, there. No, we'll, we'll be okay. <laughs> we'll survive. <laughs> Thanks, David. I'm so important to the show. I'm already right? scouting. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, we're finally here at Cyberpunk Week, and I wanted to do something special for the listeners and the viewers. Well, tell the listeners what that is, Christian. We're going to be giving away one copy of Cyberpunk 2077 on the live stream. So that means tune into the Twitch this weekend. I'm going to be live on Saturday and Sunday after this episode comes out. On Sunday, we're going to announce the actual winner, but you have to be following me on Twitch to be even entered into this giveaway. Plus, if you're active in the chat, I'll put in a second entry for you. So that's just another incentive for you guys to check out the actual gameplay that I'll be putting in on the Twitch channel. So not only that, to help celebrate the launch of Cyberpunk 2077 and, you know, the best week of Christian's life, we are going to be (laughs) celebrating uh, this week with a review of one of Christian's favorite films of all time, Blade Runner. Oh no, that's right, Damon. I watched Ridley Scott's final cut of Blade Runner. And well, by the time this episode comes out, I will have already streamed about 10 to 16 hours of the game. That means that during Christian's quarter, I will be giving my first impressions of the game as well. Yeah, I mean, that's all more of the reason to tell people to follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. I mean, if you're doing that, then you already know that information. If not, you're missing out. So that's (laughs) an amazing nerd show. All right, well, before we get into all that great cyberpunk content, we have some news to talk about. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review and DM us a screenshot. Not only will we read it on the show, but we'll send you some amazing nerd show swag. Let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors in nerdum. We're not mild-mannered reporters, we're mere podcasters with opinions. All right, Damon, starting off this week again, deja vu, we have tons of Spider-Man casting news. That's right, Christian. Uh, The Hollywood Reporter is confirming that Alfred Molina is going to be returning as Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 3. There was a a rumor and a report that came out just a couple weeks ago saying that he had been on set filming some different action sequences as the character. But I guess now Hollywood Reporter can confirm that that is true. Obviously, the studio has not confirmed a damn thing, though. So take it with a grain of salt. But wait, there's more. Collider is reporting that a deal has been struck with Andrew Garfield and Kirsten Dunst to be uh, returning in their roles from both of their different Spider-Man series. Um, You know, Andrew playing Peter Parker and Kirsten Dunst playing Mary Jane. (laughs) Man, um, you know, I mean, we've heard this rumor from the very start of all the whispers of, you know, Spider-Man 3 really being a Spider-Verse film. So I'm not necessarily surprised by this um, news. Um, But once again, that has not been confirmed by the studios. So, you know, take it for what it is. Collider is also claiming that Tobey Maguire is in talks to join the film. And they're speculating that Emma Stone will also be soon to follow um, playing Gwen Stacy. Which, I mean, she's dead, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) I don't know, maybe she's coming as Spider-Gwen? Could she be joining as Spider-Gwen here? I don't know. Because, I mean, like Doc, Dr. Role? Octopus is dead, too. Right? Uh-huh. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I I have a feeling Sony doesn't know what the fuck's going on, honestly. But uh-huh. um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this is crazy news. Um, 
Well, it definitely feels like they're going big with this. It feels like they're biting off more than they can really chew, though. Um, Absolutely. It's just hard for me to really wrap my head around like this is like or this was the idea they had when they originally, you know, wrapped filming on Spider-Man Far From Home. Like this just doesn't feel like you know the natural progression of that story no yeah it doesn't i i just can't see how it works with the first two films at this time you know they're very they they seem very well structured and simple to a point where it's just like you know he's got the one villain um you know he figures out the mystery of the villain and that's i mean it it's a pretty typical spider-man story but spider-verse is massive yes it's a massive storyline so i'm I'm definitely concerned that what what we got from the first two films aren't going to match up at all with this. I just don't see how they're going to weave it because like I'm still imagining like, and I'm still remembering the first stories about this where it was going to be just Craven the Hunter, and now we have oh like a million. I totally characters. forgot about that. <laughs> yes, because that was a big rumor that they're casting Craven the Hunter. I mean, it definitely feels like they're going to go Sinister Six here. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, to add the element of, you know, alternate realities happening and multiple Spider-Man, it just, it feels too big. I mean, I'm still excited for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just fearful that, you know, our Spider-Man right now, the MCU Spider-Man, Tom Holland, is just going to get lost in this mess. Like, is it going to be a weird thing where they, like, tie in Craven to the Inheritors and, like, he's working for them and hunting all these Spider-Man across... Like, Whoa, <laughs> all the, the breaks. That's way too much story. <laughs> I'm figuring they're going to do more of a take off of, you know, Sony's, you know, animated Spider-Verse instead of the yes. comic book version of Spider-Verse. So, uh, I mean, that would be cool. I did enjoy that whole, you know, storyline, um, you mm-hmm. know, in the comics. But I feel like that would be just too much for audiences, you know, to, you know, get into. Um, but yeah, who the fuck knows? I, I'm hoping that <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Foggy is, you know, strongly, you know, you know, in the middle of this steering the ship here. Um, I'm wondering if this was kind of like what he had to agree to to broker the deal with Sony to get, you know, Spider-Man back into the MCU. Um, Because it just doesn't feel like the original story that they were going with at the end of, you know, Far From Home. No, not at all. Um, you know, I, I just imagine that this is Sony's way of like, well, we introduced all these characters. There we go. Spinoff movie, spinoff movie, spinoff oh, movie. Oh, that's absolutely uh, what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what they've so been I, trying to do from the get-go. Since, I mean, the end of Amazing Spider-Man, the, the sequel, they, you know, introduced the little logos for the Sinister Six. Yeah. So <laughs> this is their way of fast-tracking that. Oh, but that's not all, Christian, because Murphy's Multiverse is reporting that Charlie Cox is reprising his role as Daredevil in Spider-Man 3. I mean, I hope that's true, but I mean, Jesus Christ, how are they going to have time for all these characters at this point? This is just getting ridiculous. Yeah, that'd be fucking crazy if that's true, Uh, but I just don't know what value it adds to a story that's already packed with this many characters. So as much as I want it to be true, I want... I want Charlie Cox to be part of the MCU. I think he's deserving. I think he's a great actor. I think he's a great fit for Daredevil. I just don't know <laughs> if this is ar- this is already too much movie at this point. Well, let's move on. All right. Well, moving on. DC Comics reimagining Plastic Man as a female-led movie. 
All right, so there's been a Plastic Man movie in the works for a couple years now, at least rumors of one, but it sounds like Warner Brothers now uh, has breathed new life into the project by hiring Kat Vasco, um, who uh, also worked on Queen of the Air and Lumberjanes. Um, the report from THR is reporting that Vasco's take on the classic comic character will feature the hero as a female character. Uh, so I guess it will be Plastic Woman. Um, so I'll be honest here, Christian. I'm totally cool with Plastic Man being a woman. Whatever. That doesn't bother me whatsoever. I don't feel like it really affects the character at all. But I could just give a shit about Plastic Man in general. Like, <laughs> exactly. I'm not a fan of the character. Um, I think it dates back to, like, the mid-80s. There was this bad, like, animated show with Plastic Man where they had a live-action host um like you know someone dressed up as plastic man uh -huh. you know introducing each one of the cartoons i i mean even then as a young kid i fucking hated plastic man so and i think at that point it didn't dawn on me that plastic man was part of like the dc universe you know not until like years later so um it always felt like jim carrey was like perfect for this role like if this was ever going to become uh -huh. a movie but now he's like way past his prime so obviously that wouldn't work um i don't know we'll see where it goes i mean i shit man i just don't care about plastic man <laughs> i think the only moment where i thought plastic man was cool was in the sequel to uh the dark knight returns um by frank miller where um, mm -hmm. Batman talks about um, if Plastic Man was ever sane, he could be like the most dangerous like hero in the DC universe, um, just because of his power set. Like that, like uh -huh. one panel <laughs> was the only time I gave a shit about Plastic Man. I mean, I hope the film is great, and I hope that you know I see the trailer and I'm super excited for it. But as of right now, eh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like it's on the same level as Peacemaker. I don't care about these characters. Do something interesting with them. You know, that's what I see out of yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Who who cares about Plastic Man? I don't know. Exactly. But you know some idiot's <laughs> going to be upset because it's now Plastic Woman. Like, you know that's going to be a thing on uh -huh. the internet. So, but whatever. All right, so moving on. Breaking news alert. Breaking news alert. The internet has just been set ablaze with breaking news. Well, that will teach us to try to record an episode early, man. Um, so here's the deal. It's now Thursday, and Disney has decided to shake Nerdum to its very core and literally release a year's worth of news in a single hour. What the hell am I talking about? I'm talking about Disney having their annual investors meeting where they announced that over the next few years, they're going to be releasing on Disney Plus, mind you, 10 Marvel series and 10 separate Star Wars series. And oh yeah, like 30 plus originals, like to top everything off, but like we're not here to talk about that, right? Um, I don't know if someone got a little jealous that Warner Brothers was getting all the headlines last week with them like moving their film slate, um, you know, for 2021 over to HBO Max, but the mouse did not take that shit lying down. That's for fucking sure. So this is what we're gonna do here. We're gonna talk about what we know so far, cause this shit's still like breaking as we speak, um, and take more of a deep dive into these stories next week. Um, once we get more details and, you know, I'm sure there's more story, you know, that's gonna be coming out as we go along. So, um, 
But okay, let's go ahead and let's kick things off by just taking a look at everything that was announced for Star Wars. Absolutely. Well, to start off, Kathleen Kennedy announced two spin-off series coming from The Mandalorian. Um, that's going to be Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka. Um, Ahsoka will be written by Dave Filoni and have the executive producers of Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau. That's huge news that she's actually going to be getting her own show. Yeah, her live-action debut definitely felt like a pilot, if you will. I mean, we we're kind of speculating that this is obviously a setup for her own series. I mean, it's still awesome regardless. Uh, it feels like they really, you know, did some groundwork here and set, you know, Thrawn as the main villain. Um, Absolutely. You know, someone that she's going to be chasing after in the series. Um, I was hoping to get that in The Mandalorian. We still might, but um, I don't know. It's great news. Exactly. Um, also for Rangers of the New Republic, I'm assuming that will probably just be the Rangers trying to reclaim um, the Outer Rim for the New Republic. Yeah. Do you th do you feel like it's going to be like a space cap show? Absolutely. I, that's, that's exactly what I'm picturing. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Do you think it's going to be like the, the two uh, pilots that we saw in Chapter 2? I don't think it'll be necessarily them. I think it'll be probably like a new cop joining up. I like how we're calling them cops. Uh, a new guy <laughs> joining up with them and like going on the experience pretty much. Uh -huh. like it'll be like a new recruit. I don't know. I, I'm down for it. Whatever. <laughs> More Star Wars the better, right? Well, uh, speaking of pilots, do we have any other stories? Uh, we sure do. We got the announcement of a film. We're getting a Star Wars story, Rogue Squadron film, um, directed by none other than Patty Jenkins. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm curious to see, you know, Rogue Squadron missions and shit like that. That'd be badass. So do you think this is like the group that was um, at like the Battle of Yevon? Or I mean, because they're they go deep in the video games. With the Rogue Squadron, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would assume it would have to be them. Okay. Okay. So, but it, it's got to be pre like New Hope. I would assume, uh -huh. right? Or maybe <laughs> could it be after a New Hope? Could it be like in between everything that happens? You know, between like New Hope and Empire. I mean, there's plenty of gaps to really fill because uh, we don't know most of the missions that are happening there. I think that's why I'm also excited for another um, series that we'll talk about later on. But. Uh... Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of little holes that they could fill uh, mm -hmm. with just um, space missions. <laughs> Although I guess if they do something in between A New Hope and Empire, then you're going to have to kind of explain why Luke isn't around, right? Uh, I guess I guess you would have maybe do after Empire. You know, unless they cast Sebastian Stan, man. <laughs> <laughs> but do you want a Jedi out there, you know? Because, yes. I mean, like, that's what... <laughs> I want a Jedi in everything, Christian. <laughs> well, I'm, I only say that because like it's a Rogue ridiculous One, question. <laughs> Rogue One was such a good like fucking movie because you know it was a war story and there wasn't too much like force elements and stuff. I like guess, that. I guess. So you're you're telling me like space Top Gun? Is yeah. that what you're telling me? Okay, yeah, I'm. That's cool. Better than Whatever. Top Gun. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not they're all Top Gun. Whatever. How dare oh. you? <laughs> Just shitting on my childhood. Um, <laughs> I'm on a highway to the danger zone, Christian. God damn it. All right. Well, speaking of awesome, we got a teaser trailer for The Bad Batch. The Republic will be reorganized into the first galactic empire. Um, if you listen to the podcast at all, you know that I wasn't necessarily super excited about this when uh -huh. it was announced. Um, and I wasn't a huge fan of their episodes in the last season of Clone Wars. 
but I don't know. This trailer hit a nerve, and I'm excited to see what it looks like, you know, <laughs> after Order 66. So um, it looked pretty intriguing. I don't, I, I'm excited for this. I, I know you're saying all this, but I know you're going to regret it like three episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like this is going to be like a multi-season, you know, like a, an ongoing series? I I mean, did they announce it like that? Or is this kind of like... I got the feeling that it was going to be a one-off, but okay. I'm sure if it was successful enough, Yeah, they'll not? keep it going. Right. Because right? what do they call it? Like a maxi series or something like that. Exactly. Um, but how long can you keep it going with the time period that they're in, too? It's just like... Right, because how soon after Order 66 are the clones deactivated? I... Th or de there... decommissioned, I guess. I guess they're not droids, so they're not deactivated. Uh -huh. <laughs> but yeah, they're um, decommissioned pretty soon after, I thought. Yeah, not too long, because, I mean, as soon as, like, Vader's on the hunt for Jedi, it's not like... He, he's not using traditional clones and stuff. Yeah. There's, like, a couple of them still around. So, so. maybe that's this story that they're going to tell here. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, we do see Tarkin interacting with them, which I thought was strange as well, but we'll Why do you feel we'll like it's strange? Well, it seemed like he was on their side <laughs> well maybe they start off you wow. know following orders you know hopefully they didn't like slaughter any jedi <laughs> like, <laughs> but maybe they start off or maybe they're just like playing along or something to kind of figure out what's going on and because I, I we both kind of were you know speculating whether or not they actually have the chips that mm -hmm. everyone else has um since they're kind of mutated right yeah. um so i mean we'll see We'll see. I, I don't know. I was I kind of dug it. So <laughs> I know I shit on their episodes, but <laughs> all right. So up next, the Mandalorian season three will arrive Christmas 2021. So in just about a year, that's not necessarily good news, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of expecting it would be coming out in October. So they kind of snuck that in there, I guess. Um, I mean, I always consider Christmas time, I guess, to be Star Wars time. So, yeah, fine. yeah. And I, I don't think we'll have anything major coming out at that point. You know, we're definitely mm. not going to have another film. So I guess we just have to wait to Christmas, whatever. Yeah. Gives us <laughs> something to review in December. Fucking jerks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do we got next, Christian? We have another series coming to Disney Plus. It'll be the Lando series um, from Justin Simeon. This is in very early stages of development, and they did not make one reference whatsoever to Donald Glover during this announcement. So hopefully that just means they're like in like negotiations currently. Um, and that, does, you know, hopefully that doesn't mean that they're recasting him like completely. No, yeah. I mean, if if he's saying no, just offer him more money. Yes, you know, yes, <laughs> yes. Because I don't know if I want to see this series without Donald Glover. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a huge Solo fan, but I thought he was like one of the shining points. Um, and I think we both want to see more of that story, you yes. know, be told. And what a great way to do it, you know, through the eyes of Lando. All right, so up next, we have Star Wars Visions, an original series animated short film celebrating Star Wars galaxy through the lens of the world's best Japanese and anime creators. And it's going to be coming in 2021 to Disney+. Plus. Uh, so if this is anything like Galaxy Adventures, that I, I think it's on um, YouTube right now. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's on Disney Plus at all. No, just YouTube. I love those little shorts. 
where yes. they use, you know, the actual audio from the films and everything, mm-hmm. but they just do like their own animation around it. Those are fantastic. So if it's like that, I'm totally on board. So intense. I, I just want to know what studio they're going to pick in general for this. Yeah, but... this is definitely your wheelhouse, man. Uh-huh. Who would you like to see them go with? Um, I would say Studio Trigger. Uh, they handle action very fun, and I definitely could see them picking up Star Wars very well. But they are currently working on a cyberpunk series, so we'll see. All right, up next we had a teaser for Andor, um, another Star Wars story is coming up, um, which is a Rogue One prequel. Yeah, so this is more of like a first look. It wasn't really much of a teaser. It's kind of like behind the scenes mm-hmm. and everything. Um, they showed, you know, the different effect shops working on, you know, characters and everything. Uh, they showed some art stills of, you know, just like storyboards and stuff. Uh, it looks massive. So they yes. they said like it has something like over, like was it like 200 characters or something that yeah, they have so to design? Yeah, like 200 original characters and stuff that they had to design. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> for um, this? <laughs> and they they, uh, they dropped that it was going to be 12 episodes. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty huge. Um, I'm hoping that they announced that K2 is going to be part of this series also. Yeah, I was real disappointed. They didn't even show him in any, like any promotional material at all. But they, ha- like, they um, haven't announced that. Yeah, so that would have been a big deal, but I, I'm just kind of assuming that's going to be the case, or maybe we'll like see their first meeting or something. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, he definitely feels like he needs to be part of the series, right? <laughs> it feels yeah, exactly. like Han and Chewie, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So this is scheduled to come out uh, uh, in 2022. So I don't know. I love Rogue One. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite Star Wars films. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this. Well, here's a story that will stir up some toxic bullshit on the internet. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi series confirms that Hayden Christensen will be returning as Anakin Skywalker. Uh, Another interesting thing that came out of this whole story is that it's going to take place 10 years after the Revenge of the Sith. Um, And they do state that he's going to be playing Darth Vader. So... You know, I I think we both were assuming that it was going to be like in like flashback sequences. I can't imagine him walking around in the Vader suit, yeah, with like James Earl Jones, <laughs> you know, doing the voice. <laughs> yeah, just that feels like just stunt casting for the sake of stunt uh-huh. casting. <laughs> I'm sure he's got other things to do. Um, I'm happy for him. Hopefully, you know, he could finally kind of like redeem that role. Um, I still say it's not his fault. Uh, exactly. You know, I mean, even Natalie Portman like struggled <laughs> in those movies, you know, and she's a phenomenal actress. Uh-huh. So uh, I- I'm curious to see where this goes, though, story wise, because I cannot imagine this being other than just like some flashback scenes. I'd like to think that they know better at this point when it comes to Anakin, especially after you know all the success of Clone Wars and everything. They know how to do it. Like they don't point, dare right? like give us like Vader without his helmet on. <laughs> No, they better not. I don't want to fucking see that, right? Uh, no one wants to see like the crusty old man <laughs> like underneath. <laughs> I guess at that point he's not that old, but still, no, thank you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so we got another story. We got a lot more stories. So let's get this going. <laughs> All right. Well, lastly for Star Wars, we had another reveal from Kathleen Kennedy about the acolytes. Uh, which will be a mystery thriller at the end of the High Republic era, uh, showing the rise of the dark side. So they've been definitely priming us with all the High Republic books and comics and everything that they just recently been putting out. So, I mean, maybe this was all to get us to here, 
you know, with this series. Um, they go on to describe the series as a mystery thriller that will take viewers into the galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. So it sounds like some Sith are starting to show up. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's going to be like a young Darth Plagueis or something that we get out of this. I don't. Does that make sense time-wise? I, I mean, it's only 200 years before the trilogy. Okay. And I mean, we're dealing with alien races, so who fucking knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Do we get the the younger Yoda then in this series? Right? He's supposed to be a character. Uh, yeah, in he books. would still be around. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see that either. <laughs> <laughs> we've been kind of, I don't know. So we've definitely been less than impressed from what we've seen, you know, just in like the synopsis of the books and like some of the artwork and everything when it comes to the whole High Republic, you know, push they've been, you know, really forcing down our throats over the last couple months. Um I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this has me a little more interested. I'm not going to lie. Exactly. So, I mean, like I said, maybe it's just a primer. Well, all right, David, we got to move on to some MCU news. That's right. We'll do this more lightning round style because I don't want this episode to be like three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> but this is I feel like this is more news than we got out of like DC fandom. Oh, yeah, it's it's a shit ton. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so I think the biggest headline that came out of all the MCU stuff is they finally officially announced, I believe, the uh, Fantastic Four film. And they announced a director, uh, John Watts from uh, Spider-Man fame, will be on board as the director, helming the project. Hey, exactly. Hey, if he could bring back Spider-Man, he can probably bring us Fantastic Four, right? Yeah, um, no other details um, when it comes to the story, you know, but I mean, it's definitely exciting news. All right. Uh, up next, we have the WandaVision trailer, which we should have saw this coming after like four <laughs> days of p posters. Yes. Yes. And kind of bland posters, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, OK, well, these all kind of suck. I mean, I get what you're going for, but you could have made them a little more interesting. <laughs> Supposedly, there's a lot of like little Easter eggs in them, but I stared at okay. them for a few minutes. I didn't see shit. So. <laughs> I think something's wrong here. Then let's fight for it. I don't know how you felt about this trailer, but this felt, I don't know, more like a horror movie to me. Yeah, I love that after, you know, Ed Game, we're getting into the darker side of like the MCU. Well, and stuff I mean, like that. Scarlet Witch is a pretty fucked up character. So exactly. and she's got a sordid history in the Marvel Universe. Uh, I'm glad that they're going to explore that. Uh, it felt like some characters were having some definite like get out moments. Um, they're they're really being controlled by someone, if not Wanda herself. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we saw Monica Rambeau, you know, kind of, you know, have one of those moments where she's like breaking down. Uh, also, their next door neighbor uh, was having that kind of moment, too. So, I mean, is it Wanda? Is it some kind of outside entity pulling strings? Uh, I don't know. But I can't wait to find out because it's only like three weeks away at this point. I love if their explanation for the mutants not being in existence was her all along. <laughs> I don't think. See, do you think they really need an explanation for the mutants not being there? 
No, but I, uh, especially if they've just been in, I keep on, like, hiding I the keep entire on hearing time. people say, oh, well, they can use the multiverse as a way to introduce the mutants. It's like, they could just introduce the mutants. Like, because the X-Men originally, you know, when that comic came out, they were all in hiding. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it could be something that S.H.I.E.L.D. knows about that they just kept under wraps. You know, I mean, I don't think you need to over-explain things. Like, you don't need to necessarily introduce... You know this insane world of the x-men that we have now in the marvel comics where you know uh -huh. there's like you know <laughs> you know i mean a mutant has like every mutant has their own book at this point but i mean you can do kind of a slow rollout no i agree uh we also had a trailer for falcon and the winter soldier the world it's upside down need something to get behind. They need the symbol. Yeah, we got some great action out of this trailer. We saw Sam doing his thing. Um, some great shots of him like flying through this canyon. I don't know if it was a chase sequence or something. Um, I did feel like a lot of what we saw in this trailer, we saw in the Super Bowl ad. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, what, just a couple, well, no, I guess it was in January, almost a year ago. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, I guess I was expecting a little more, but I mean, we saw some interaction between like him and Bucky and, you know, that great chemistry. So, uh, I, I don't know. And there's a female character in there who, you know, I'm kind of hoping is sin. I know a few weeks ago I was kind of. You know, trying to, you know, make that a thing, you know, uh -huh. wishing that it's <laughs> happening. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's a character that, like, that puts on a mask. Yeah, it's not, it's totally not her, like, you know, what she <laughs> wears at all in the comics, but they kept on showing her, mm -hmm. you know, throughout the trailer fighting the guys. So, I mean, you're probably right at this point, but I mean, you never know. I have no, it, I'm it, guessing. It's probably some other like D-list character that we I still think just it's, didn't think of. I still think it's wishful thinking, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, up next, we had some confirmation for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, um, introducing America Chavez. Yeah, they're introducing American Chavez. <laughs> that it was only makes sense. <laughs> that was rumored a while back. It's crazy mm. this year, like how many of the rumors actually like turned out to be true. I know. <laughs> so I don't know if sources are just getting better or studios are just like leaking things more willingly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love the character in the comics. Hopefully they do right by her. It makes sense for the theme of the movie, since that is like one of her power sets. You know, exactly. breaking the walls of dimensions and shit. So, I mean, hey, whatever. I'm I'm down to see it. Yeah. And then they also announced, which I thought they already announced. So this one was kind of weird to me, that Moon Knight is coming to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, uh, they had a poster, right? Everybody yeah. Was so it's like, did, are they just sneaking this one in? <laughs> are they're, they just, they're just reminding? Are they just piling on at this point? <laughs> so I was like, I thought this was a done deal. Um, I, I was when I saw the poster initially, I was like, oh, did they actually cast Moon Knight? So I thought we'd get an announcement, but no, just the poster. So uh, whatever. All right. Up next, we had a trailer for Loki. You're taking me somewhere to kill me. No, I'm taking you someplace to talk. Well, I don't like to talk, but you do like to lie, which you just did, because we both know you love to talk. Talky, talky. How long have you been here? 
I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, time passes differently here in the TVA. What does that mean? You'll catch up. Well, this was fucking epic, huh? Yeah, that kind of took me by surprise how awesome this looked. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's awesome to see Loki again, first of oh. all. <laughs> I forgot how much I love that character. Um, it looks like he has been taken in by some kind of, I i, I forgot what their, their names, their actual names are in the uh, Marvel Universe, but they're like time cops or something. Um, he might be working with them uh, or trying to run from them. I have no idea, but obviously hijinks is going to ensue. It looks like it's this story is going to span the entire galaxy. Um, but yeah, though, it looked fantastic. No, I agree. I like the budget looks insanely high. Like this was a uh, fucking endgame level of like effects going on. Yeah. And this is supposed to be coming out soon, like sooner than later. So this should be in the can pretty much. So there's no official date on it. Well, yeah, with um, Winter Soldier coming out in the spring, I could only hope that this show would be coming out maybe like fall if they've got stuff going on during the summer. We'll see. We'll see. I feel like this is also going to be one of the series that, you know, ties in heavily to the Doctor Strange, you know, film. Mm hmm. So, um, yeah, we're all about, you know, alternate realities and, you know, time right now in the MCU with Phase 4. Well, speaking of that, we also had a trailer for the What If series. So first of all, the animation on this is just amazing. Yes, I was actually expecting like the show to be like one of those like 2D like series, maybe something real simple mm -hmm. like five minute like things. I don't know, but this looks serious. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and they got a lot of the actors to like reprise their roles, you know, voiceover wise. Mm -hmm. I guess this is going to be actually like the last performance of uh, Chadwick. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, and it looks like he's going to be uh, becoming the new Star-Lord in the series. <laughs> Did you yeah. get that? <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> so T'Challa somehow becomes Star-Lord. Uh, I don't know. I mean, sky's the limit with this series. All right. So speaking of Black Panther, uh, we got a release date for Black Panther 2, which is July 8th, 2022. And then we also got some huge news. Uh, Kevin Faki confirmed that they will not be replacing T'Challa. Uh, instead, Ryan Coogler will be focusing on the rich world of Wakanda and the many wonderful supporting characters introduced in the first film. So uh, that was a little surprising that, you know, they made that big mm -hmm. of an announcement. Um, do you think they were going to announce Shuri as taking over the mantle of uh, Black Panther? And then all the controversy happened with uh, Letitia Wright, um, the actress who plays her uh, this past week. Yeah, I think it's very possible that they had like probably probably had like promotional images and shit prepared <laughs> <laughs> oops uh so we'll see how they <sighs> carry on from here right <laughs> yeah because i can't imagine like a whole film mm. with just the supporting cast and like no one like as black well, panther 
I can't imagine having to make that call in general to like, oh, yeah. hey, we're not going to have anyone as Black Panther going forward. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure someone's going to pick up the mantle by the end of the mm-hmm. film, at least if they do go that route. But I mean, an entire like, you know, hour and a half, two hour film where that doesn't happen until like the third act. I can't picture it, but I mean, who knows? I mean, I trust Ryan Coogler, so um, I don't know if I'm ready to see T'Challa like... I don't know die on screen though like how do they mm-hmm. i don't know how they're gonna handle that you know maybe it'll be an off-screen type deal i'm kind of hoping that's an off-screen type deal um, he's off doing a mission with the avengers i, I don't know oh, man it's rough this is just horrible mm-hmm. a horrible situation so um yeah but now i trust i trust Foggy's gonna do the right thing here so well, uh, in lighter news, uh, Tatiana Maslany was confirmed to be playing She-Hulk. After she, like, angrily denied it, like, yes. <laughs> just a month ago. She's like, I don't know where this bullshit came from. <laughs> I was like, Mark Ruffalo actually, like, congratulated you on Twitter and everything, you know, when the well, first announcement just, came out. Is it just Mark Ruffalo pulling a Mark Ruffalo I and don't, just, like, spoiling it? I, I don't, don't know. No, because it was announced, kind of, or, the you know, a huge rumor came out. And then, uh-huh. like, people were congratulating. He was one. Because you would think he'd be, he would have some kind of inside knowledge. So, I mean, maybe he wasn't supposed to say anything. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, they did also, like, straight up confirm that this is a comedy series. Yes, yes. That was that was in the synopsis. So, I'm not surprised by that. Uh, Tim Roth is going to be reprising his role as Abomination. I really enjoyed him in the Incredible Hulk uh, film with, you know, Edward Norton. So I'm okay with that. And then we also got confirmation that Mark Ruffalo will be in the film, at least for a little Earth film. We also got confirmation that Mark Ruffalo will also be in the series as Bruce Banner. Um, you know, it might be just a cameo, who knows, but pretty awesome. Gotta show up and do that blood transfusion. <laughs> you would think as a man of science, he would know better, right? <laughs> All right, David. Um, anything else interesting going on with the MCU? Why, yes, Christian, we've got like 10 more stories to go, so bear with us. Um, we got confirmation of the Nick Fury series that we heard about a couple months ago. So uh, Samuel L. Jackson will be starring, of course, along with Ben Mendelsohn, uh, who will be returning as Talos, the scroll, right, Talos? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's all we know about the series. So, um, it, oh, yeah. It's called Secret Invasion, so that's kind of huge too, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was a pretty big uh, Marvel event back in the day in the comics, so we'll see where they take that storyline. Maybe this is going to lead to something in like Phase 5, I don't know. So I just can't imagine that event being contained in just a single series. So maybe they're just using the name for the sake of it. Uh, Probably because that that scope of that event in the comic books was fucking huge, um, you know, and the buildup was great. The series itself was kind of lackluster, but I mean, I would like to see it actually like play out on the MCU. I feel like Foggy could do great things with that story. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, hell yeah, give me more Sam Jackson. Um, it's all leading to Secret Wars. We know that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and the Russos came out and said they'd come back for Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's like a Phase Five thing. I'm guessing, right? 
or six. I mean, that's something yeah. that I definitely see you building up. Yeah, for. that's probably, <laughs> yeah, the end of, you know, the next saga, probably, right? Yeah. So, uh, but what, what the hell do we know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we also got a first look for Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. Yeah, so this is kind of more of like a behind the scenes type piece. Um, just kind of like explaining how she got the role and everything and her reaction to it. We did get to see some like, you know, shots that we saw like leaked a couple weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. you know, of her kind of like in like Captain Marvel, like cosplay, it looks like. Um, Accidentally. Yes. Miss Marvel's become such a huge character and she's so important to so many people. I mean, she's really like leading this like new generation of, you know, superheroes along with Miles. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to their take on the character. It seems like they got big plans for her because we also found out that she is definitely going to be in Captain Marvel 2 um, along with Monica Rambeau. Which is fucking nuts. <laughs> right? I love the fact that, you know, Kevin Focke now is actually like staying true to his word. I mean, we heard it mm-hmm. before with the Netflix series. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, all this shit matters. All this stuff is, you know, interconnected. Well, that was bullshit. But now it's legit. Like, the shows matter. These shows, these characters are all going to be showing up on the big screen. So, I mean, that's awesome. So she's, you know, her series is going to lead to Captain Marvel 2. Um, you know, and it's, like we said, it was going to feature Monica Rambeau. Uh, and we've got a official release date, November 11th, 2022. And that's being directed by uh, Nia DaCosta. So speaking of the younger Marvel heroes, uh, Ironheart is getting her very own series. That's right. We got a casting um, news for it as well. Dominique Thorne from If Beale Street Could Talk. That's right. She will be playing Riri Williams. Yeah, Riri is another great character. Uh, I'm, I'm, it feels like we're going to get a Champions movie soon, Christian. Absolutely. But I'm just hoping to hear about Miles any day now. Yeah. Because you know he's going to show up in the fucking Spider-Man Well, I movie. was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised that we didn't get any Spider-Man 3 news. Uh-huh. So after the the past like month of just non-stop casting rumors and shit so they didn't bother confirming anything uh but you know it is what it is i'm sure we're gonna get more leaks next week um with the introduction of ironheart do we get an ai version of robert downey jr Ooh, i still feel like it's too soon mm-hmm. uh this when is the ironheart series supposed to come out i guess it's a couple of years day. maybe i'm assuming if they just cast the character, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, maybe by then we will be ready for it. So I just don't need it to be, you know, like an L thing in a quantum leap where, you know, he's in every fucking, you know, episode or anything. Like maybe sure, like yeah. one or two. You have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I know what quantum leap is, but I don't know who the fuck that is. Okay. It's a little, <laughs> it's it? a little guy on his uh, whatever, his little device that pops up. Iggy or Ziggy oh, or whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, anyway, I just dated myself. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like, I don't want him in every episode, but like, maybe if, like, mm-hmm. you know, one or two scenes, you know, kind of passing the torch, that I think that'd be cool. You know, especially if it's going to be in a couple of years. Like, if it was like coming out, in, you know, in the summer, then no. I mean, I'm definitely more interested in this than seeing Don Cheadle um, in you know, <laughs> Armor Wars. It could be cool, man. Come on now. I, it, sure <laughs> don't fucking piss on war machine 
I'm not gonna piss on War Machine. I just they haven't done much with the character that makes me want to what see What Christian Mormon. is ta- you're stepping on the story. So what Christian is talking about is it was also announced that Don Cheetah will be uh, back as War Machine in Armor Wars, another Disney Plus series. And then all the investors walked out the room, and it was just. <laughs> What's your problem, man? <laughs> I have no problem. I'll probably end up watching this and loving it. I love be me some Rhodey. Uh, you know what? I, I enjoyed him in Iron Man 2, but, you know. Bring it's... back fucking, uh, what's his name? Justin Hammer? Uh-huh. Come on. I feel like he is going to make a big return at some point. No, I love me some Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. What do we got next, Christian? Uh, we have Ant-Man the Wasp. Quantum Mania. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is going to be directed again by Peyton Reed, which we just assumed at this point. So I think the only thing that really was interesting that came out of this was that they recasted Casey Lang with uh, Catherine Newton. So I don't know. That came out of left field, especially since they just casted that role with Endgame. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure they already had like these plans in the works at that point. <laughs> But uh, it is what it is. Catherine Newton's a great actress. Yeah, I mean, they probably figured, you know, Cassie was in like one scene in the movie. So maybe no one will notice if they change it up. I don't know. Maybe Yeah. And if they felt like it was that much of an upgrade, I mean, it is what it is. So, yeah, we're definitely going to get that like Young Avengers champion. Yeah. So <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, they, they're laying all the groundwork, planted all the seeds here. So that that will be happening at least in phase five. All right, last but not least, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 has been confirmed for 2023, which feels just way too long. But in the meantime, James Gunn is also going to be filming a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which will arrive during 2022, um, the holiday season. So um, and I guess he's going to be filming that at the same time as, you know, filming Guardians 3, which makes sense, right? So I have a feeling this is going to have a strong, like, Star Wars holiday special vibe to it. <laughs> I can only imagine, especially, like, with Star-Lord. Uh, it's probably going to be some real fun shit. It's James Gunn, man. Yeah, yeah. I hope they go, like, straight variety show, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like the, you know, just like the Star Wars special. That'd be great. Uh-huh. I can only imagine what they'll do with Drax. Maybe he'll just be standing silently in the background of every shot, <laughs> trying to be invisible. <laughs> so uh, they're also doing a Baby Groot like animated series on Disney Plus. I guess it's going to be like shorts or something. Hmm. Uh, I mean, they're probably just going to take the you know, the formula they got from Baby Yoda and use it on Groot. Why not? <laughs> or is it the other way around? Honestly, right. <laughs> Because Baby Groot was first, right? I guess, but I don't think he got the same amount of charm, at least, or like uh, as much hype around him as Baby Groot. No, but I mean, it's Star Wars, so I mean, he was pretty big, though. Mm -hmm. All right, so believe it or not, we're actually done. 20 stories later. (laughs) (sighs) Thank God. Well, it's definitely a nice way to end the year, you know, with a lot of awesome things to look forward to in the coming, the coming years, if you will. I agree. Disney's just the gift that keeps on giving, Christian. <laughs> now now for DC to come out with a whole shit ton of stuff next week as well. Yep. It's going to get yep. battles. You know, you know it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's it for our breaking news. Uh, now we'll return to our regular scheduled programming. All right. So up next, uh, Oscar Isaac will play Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. 
So Christian, this news story feels like it's more in the wheelhouse of uh, Christian's corner. So I'm going to let you go ahead and fill us in on the details. Yeah, it looks like the director, Jordan Vogt uh, Roberts, I believe is how you say it, from um, Kong Skull Island, will be picking up this film. Um, you know, it's, again, we're, we're talking video game movies, so I immediately I'm getting worried. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, this isn't going to be loved at all. Uh, you know, Skull Island was a good film. I, I think it's kind of underrated as far as a monster movie goes. Um, this is, a, you know, Metal Gear Solid, which is kind of like espionage. Uh, as my best way of describing it. You know, um, it's a guy infiltrating a place. Um, uh, Snake is a pretty cool character. I think Oscar Isaac is a good fit. Um, you know, and my first my first thought was like, maybe he's a little too short, but I mean, that's Hollywood. Everyone's yeah, short. I mean, Tom Cruise is literally like 4'2 or something, so, right? Exactly. Uh, this was one of uh, Kojima's big games. I don't know if you remember me talking about him. Is that that weird game that was coming out? Yeah, Death with Stranding. With Norman uh, Reedus <laughs> or whatever. So yeah, this is like, one. Of, that was like one of Kojima's first big games, and that's why so many people got behind it was like, you know, he put so much into his games and creations and stuff like that, and he makes these giant cinematic experiences. By the fifth game of these, it felt more like you were watching a movie than ever playing a game. Like, there was, like, maybe, like, 20 minutes cinematics going on on the screen. Like, you would be sitting there watching the story. Um, so, I mean, this this does have the realm to become a film. I definitely see that. But I just don't know anymore with video game movies. I don't know if I should give any type of trust to anyone. <laughs> so there will, will there be a lot of buzz around this? Oh, there should be. Um, I mean, it's it's a good character. I mean, I feel like his story, if anything, is, the, is pretty easy to adapt to film. Uh, I mean, things do get fucking weird and crazy in that universe, but I feel like you can easily simplify it and make a just, you know, you know, spy espionage type of um, like war movie with Metal Gear Solid. Well, with that said, uh, Damon, you saw a movie Hold this on. week. Pump the fucking brakes, Christian. <laughs> you talked about waiting two years to talk about and play Cyberpunk 2077. Try waiting fucking 40 years to see your favorite Star Wars character again on the screen. All right? We're going to talk some Mando, goddammit. I'm a simple man making his way through the galaxy. Like my father before me. So I thought with the live action debut of Ahsoka the week prior, we were going to have just kind of a quieter transitional type episode with chapter 14. Little did I know that Favaro was going to bring me an early Christmas gift in the form of a sequence that will just go down as one of my favorite Star Wars moments of all fucking time. <laughs> and what moment do I speak of, Christian? Well, none other than Boba Fett. One of my favorite characters finally going full fat and earning mine and millions of nerds blind loyal fandom after all of these years. I mean, we always had all of the legend stories to get by with, but it just doesn't compare to getting to see the baddest bounty hunter in the galaxy do his thing on the screen. I mean, from the first shot of Slave One showing up uh, to Boba brutally taking out a bunch of stormtroopers, warrior monk style with nothing but a freaking gaffy stick. I was just in Star Wars heaven. But then finally we get Boba Fett in full armor, which I wasn't expecting at all. Um, and instead of like, you know, them telling you he's the best of the best, you know, for the last 40 years, we finally get to see why. Just epic. 
And I'm not going to lie, I got a little emotional. <laughs> I mean, he goes John Wick mode, dismantling stormtroopers, knee rockets and all. Mando's just kind of like sitting back with the rest of us, just marveling at his precision badassery. Stormtroopers just say, fuck it and make a run for it. But does he let them get away? Hell no. He uses his rocket to take out both ships and doesn't even have time to admire his work like a true fucking badass. I mean, and that's not all like they managed to add some depth to the character and show he's a man with the code and he's going to honor his word no matter what. I mean, it's a wrinkle that the legend stories like gave us, but I'm glad that they're making that canon and part of the character. I think they're also kind of playing with like the father-son parallels with, you know, just like Fett's daddy issues and, you know, the whole Baby Yoda and Mando dynamic, but I could just be reading into things. And, and like, it, it, also, speaking of daddy issues, they managed to clear up some of him in, like, Django's backstory also for, you know, fans. I mean, Christian, at this point, I could just die a happy Star Wars fan. And it's all thanks to Favreau and Robert Rodriguez who, you know, directed this masterpiece. But anyway, I digress. This wasn't supposed to be a full review or anything. I just wanted to nerd out or rant and rave for a moment. I mean, we'll have a full review of the second season by the end of the month, obviously. But holy shit, Boba fucking Fett. Okay, well, before I was rudely interrupted, <laughs> um, David, you saw a movie this week. Sure, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk more Boba Fett. No, uh, I saw the horror film Freaky. Honestly, if this was a horror movie, I'd be one of the first ones to get killed. Cue the creepy dude in the mask. Like I said. <laughs> but actually, it turns out... Where am I? I didn't get killed. Oh my god, why do I sound like that? I woke up in the killer's body. <gasps> After swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer, a young girl in high school discovers she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent. This was written and directed by Christopher Landon and also written by Michael Kennedy. It stars Vince Vaughn and Katherine Newton. Freaky is the latest horror comedy by Blumhouse and the director uh, Christopher Landon, the same people who brought you both of the Happy Death Day films. And while, I mean, after watching the trailer, it's easy to like dismiss this film as Happy Death Day 3 because it definitely has that same vibe going for it. I'm glad to say that Freaky stands on its own as a solid entertaining film. I mean, one that I actually enjoyed more than both of the Death Day films. And I mean, what it comes down to is really Freaky is allowed to kind of lean more into the horror side of the horror comedy equation that they play so well with. Um, you know, so much so that the first 15 minutes of the film feels like a straight slasher film. I mean, they flex their R rating with some creative kills that really just establish the menace of the butcher played by Vince Vaughn. I mean, this ends up just adding not only to the suspense of the film, but also to the comedy, especially when we get into our Freaky Friday uh, scenario. I mean, 
Freaky does rely on a lot of tropes from, you know, the horror and like teen comedy genre, and it walks a fine line, but it never becomes like bad parody. I mean, it does kind of get dangerously close at, you know, some points, especially with Catherine Newton's uh, character, Millie. Uh, she's this like down on her luck, um, you know, kid who's being bullied by not only her classmates, but strangely enough, a teacher. Um, her family recently suffered a tragic loss. I mean, all this feels really like underdeveloped and, you know, really should have been explored more. It comes off kind of superficial and just like almost too cookie cutter, if you know what I mean. But in the long run, it is fun watching her tormentors like meet their demise um, at her hands, even if it's the butcher steering the ship. I mean, Newton is very likable in both roles, but I do wish they like gave her a bit more to do as the killer once the body swap like takes place instead of just kind of like brooding. Um, but the butcher is more of a Jason like archetype, you know, than like a Freddy, if you will, and of course like you know for me another gripe is as a horror fan i do wish she would have gotten more of a body count under her belt but honestly they gave us a lot more than i was expecting and it was definitely entertaining watching them play up the whole like wolf in sheep's clothing aspect of everything that was going on so um speaking of performances though Vince Vaughn is living his best life in this role and really is the motor that's like keeping this film going. I mean, you know, he's able to show off his range going from this believable stone cold killer to this character straight out of a classic like John Hughes film. Vaughn like truly embodies both of these characters. I mean, just through just a great performance. I mean, so much so like during like some of the more heartwarming moments as Millie, you forget he's this giant middle-aged man playing the part um millie's character arc um for me i had a really like nice bow on it at the end of the film whereas like fucked up as the events got you know we got this like kind of coming of the age you know type deal um that we see in a lot of these films where you know she finds her inner strength and learns something from wearing the, the body of the psychopath it's kind of like you know molly ringwall meets lord strode you know if you will so um overall i thought freaky did not disappoint and christopher landon has really like perfected this type of genre bending film because it really has something for everybody to really enjoy um you know i would like to see him do a straight horror film next i know he directed at least one of the paranormal activity films i think but i'd like to see him do a full-fledged horror movie because he's super talented and you can tell he's a huge fan of the genre. All right, David, what grade would you give this? So I'm going to go ahead and give this film a B because I feel like it really does have something for everybody. And even like your most jaded horror fans will be entertained by this film. So go ahead and check it out. All right, Christian, like we said earlier, in celebration of Cyberpunk Week, you're going to be doing the first ever ANS Retro Rewind. That's right, Damon. I'm going to be talking one of my favorite movies, Blade Runner. This is a bad one. The worst yet. There was an escape from the off-world colonies two weeks ago. Six replicants, three males, three females. They slaughtered 20... A Blade Runner's job is to hunt down replicants. Manufactured humans you can't tell from the real thing. What's this? Roy Batty, probably the leader. 
There was just one outfit making replicants that superhuman. The Terrell Corporation. A Blade Runner must pursue and terminate four replicants who stole a ship in space and have returned to Earth to find their creator. Directed by Ridley Scott and starring Harrison Ford, Rutger Hauer, and Daryl Hannah. The 1982 Blade Runner is often attributed to bringing the mainstream audiences to the world of cyberpunk noir, and ultimately inspiring other sci-fi films such as The Matrix and Ghost in the Shell. It was a crime thriller set in the dystopian future of 2019's Los Angeles, um, following the reluctant Decker on the job as he hunts a group of human-like androids called Replicants. Replicants that are facing their own mortality as their programmed life expectancy is only four years. Desperate and afraid of the inevitable, the replicants search out their maker in hopes of extending their lives, even if it comes at the cost of human lives. Decker, played by Harrison Ford, is dragged back into the game of Blade Running and takes on the challenge of finding this group. In the original theatrical cuts, uh, many things had been changed from the director Ridley Scott's vision in order to, you know, hopefully please more audiences. However, um, these changes, in my opinion, hurt the original film. Harrison overly narrates what's going on in an attempt to fill the void for audiences. Um, at least that's what the studio thought would be best. Luckily, Ridley Scott would later recut and place out his vision for this film, and then again with another cut um, of the film I viewed being called The Final Cut. In this version, I say you can really get a taste for the world he has created, and this is a really lifelike world. I think having the void of silence on top of the bustling city created a much more memorable atmosphere. Um, this is one thing that Ridley Scott does best. In a way, he creates this sense of texture um, you can feel through his imagery um, that makes it feel less like a production and more like a snapshot of this world. And with 4K upscaling of this film, I was blown away with just how good this movie could look. Um, it's not without flaw, however. There are characters and moments that just don't do anything for me. Um, a lot of what happens with Pris and the character she's involved with um, before um, we meet up with Roy's, uh, I don't know. It, it, I just didn't like how it was written. I don't like that character in general. But the confrontation between Harrison Ford's Decker and Rutger Howard's Roy um, is what always draws me back to this film. Um, both these characters feel like they live in a world of gray. Um, they're not just good and evil. It's two adversaries that simply want to live their own lives. Howard's performance comes off demented and twisted at moments, but you can see the beauty in his grasp for life through his performance. Um, this film's final act has a permanent residency in my memory and stands out as a great moment in cinema um, and is why I wanted to talk about it before I even got into talking about cyberpunk for you guys today. I just think it's a really great film that you guys should check out. If you're interested in you know cyberpunk at all, this is definitely a good st um, starting point for media. I know there's plenty of great books that you know um, started off the genre, but this is definitely one of those good little spots to start if you want to watch a movie. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. It's time for Christian's Corner. Yeah! All right, so today I'm going to be giving you guys my impressions of Cyberpunk 2077 so far. 
I've put in three days of streaming. I think I'm around 20 hours at this point. Uh, I'm already in act two of the game and stuff like that. And I'm not even trying to really speed through the game. Um, I just am very attracted to those main missions a lot. Um, a lot of the time I want to keep playing with those characters that are in those main missions. Um, so I, I think it's just been, you know, pushing me along. So, but I, I have slowed down, tried to get back into the side missions a little bit more and like, uh, experience the world because yeah what a lot of people have been saying about the game um in those early reviews and stuff was like you know there is a you know clock you know it feels like there's only a certain amount of time you have until you know your character needs to be done with that story uh, you know it feels like they really you know like each main mission kind of pushes you forward into the next main mission and you really have to divert your own self out of that storyline to even you know get it <laughs> get into those like fucking you know side missions and stuff like that so i find myself having to like you know remind myself stop what you're doing go play some fucking side missions but at the same time you know um i'm i'm actually enjoying the world um you know when i first started up the game um you know i was having some issues getting it to run on my pc while streaming at the same time because it was all eating up my gpu a lot and i just had to figure out what was going on uh, it, it was a resolution error at the at the time but it was causing a lot of you know things going wrong with the game um so i didn't know at the time was it the game that was doing this or was it my fucking pc fucking up the entire time so you know that first hour of gameplay was just kind of like very like broken and I, you know that whole entire first act just didn't work right because I think mostly because of what I had as my settings rather than what was going on in the actual game because now after that um, and this is pre you know the um, fixes that they've done um, on Friday with the update and stuff like this so this is my you know opinion before that I'll, I'll find out tomorrow if the um, update that they released today um, you know fixes anything else but beyond that um, as a PC player um, I'm not experiencing the bugs that a console player like on the PS4 or the Xbox are experiencing. I'm not getting, you know, tons of crashes. I'm not getting this world that looks, you know, super faded and um, not even well put together at all. Um, I'm getting what they intended um, the game to look like. And, you know, even with what they've intended, there are bugs here and there. Um, you know, I'll see, you know, someone T-posing every once in a while or I'll see someone accidentally just sliding instead of walking in the background. But for the most part, what is being presented to me at face value in front of me at all times seems to be well handled. I think I've only gotten stuck in the wall maybe once or twice um, after like maybe being like shot and just put in a weird awkward animation near a wall and then I would be stuck. Uh, but I've always found a way to get out of that and I haven't had to really restart since my earlier issues with the game. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm happy that I'm not running into those issues, but it does have to be stated that what they gave to um, the current gen console players um, is atrocious. Uh, what what they were willing to release at that point was very bad. And I, I don't think it had anything to do with, you know, the developers. I think it was more management. Um, I think whoever was managing their time schedule, whoever was managing like how things were being released, you know, when things were coming out, uh, they fucked up. Um, you know, it, it felt like the PS4 version and the um, Xbox version could have used an entire like extra year. Like this could have come out in November 2021 at this point and um, come out truly without these issues. So, I mean, I've seen some of the footage and it's ridiculous. Like if I bought a $60 game, I understand why people would be that frustrated. And then 
I'm seeing more reports and things out there. Like um, one thing I read today on the uh, subreddit for it was, you know, there's no driving AI. And I never really thought about it, like how cars don't try to really go around me. They don't try to escape. Like how in GTA 5, if, you know, someone's shooting next to you, you know, everyone starts to fly away and starts running and scared. You know, half the time in Night City, you know, people are just ignoring it. And, you know, I could say that that's the world that they live in. So they're just accustomed to people firing guns and stuff. But it, I'm, I'm, you know, I've seen, you know, civilians on the street in that game also running in fear. So it's just like maybe they didn't put anything into the actual driving AI. Now I'm looking for the race missions next on oh, my next stream. So I'm like, um, you know, I have them set, but I have to figure out where I need to go. Um, she's supposed to, one of the characters is supposed to give me a call to let me know when the race is. I, I don't, I have to figure that one out a little bit more. Um, one of the issues I've been having was with the tutorials. Because the tutorials weren't working in my first hours, I kind of just skipped it. Um, and I, cause I, I couldn't get through the tutorial. It wouldn't work. Um, I had to play the story mode. It, that was the only thing that was working at the time. So. There's little things where it's like crafting and stuff like that. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing when it comes to that. And I've had to like uncover it on my own and figure it out at times, uh, which has kind of dampened my experience to a point, but I'm still able to enjoy the world that I'm in. I'm not going to lie. I'm still having a good time while playing it. Um, you know, it's just those little things where it's like, if I had this working properly from the get go, maybe it would be a different story, but I can't tell if it was on my end or their end, how bad that first hour of experience was, how bad that first, um, you know, stream was uh, for me, um, and how much that reflects on the game and how much, because I mean, the rest of the game so far has been what I expect from, you know, a triple A title. Now, they are releasing more and more fixes, but I mean, you know, as a game that got pushed back as much as it did, why wouldn't they have just pushed it back more? I mean, one of the big rumors at the time had been you know, that the reason that they were pushing it back was because it wasn't working on current gen consoles. And, you know, what we've seen now has definitely confirmed those early rumors. Um, you know, it's, I, I gotta imagine, it's frustrating to spend money and, you know, put that in and, you know, all this time of waiting and being so hyped for the game. I can't, I cannot imagine how that would have felt uh, put, playing that. Because even in my first, you know, stream of it, I was, you know, getting frustrated by it, but, um, you know, I, I was so hyped for the game, I was just chucking through. And then once I figured out my problems, um, you know, it opened up the world and I was able to live in it and it, it seems to be working great now. Um, so I just, I don't know. I feel like after a year from now, um, after, you know, they've been crunching forever and getting all their stuff fixed and they start actually, you know, releasing the content that they want, the DLC that's free and stuff like that, uh, I think people will be singing a different tune about the game. But I understand people being upset with it. I understand why, you know, they're so mad at something that was originally supposed to come out on the current gen consoles um, being so broken. Um, so I, I totally, you know, I understand that plight. Luckily, I'm a PC player and I didn't have to deal with how bad those are. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I had to play with some lower grade settings at first just to get the game running and then I was able to upgrade and figure out what was wrong with my settings in general. Um, another nitpick of mine, I would say, was um, the controls. Um, you know, the sensitivity of the controls is ridiculous, and I just had today figured out how to actually set it down where it wouldn't be speeding around um, on there. Because I like to play um, 
you know, AAA titles with a controller if I can. Um, and when I was fucking just moving around, I couldn't aim for shit. I couldn't like shoot anyone because like the camera would zoom through the middle every single time and then slow down at the edges. Well, there is a setting to fix that. So luckily I was able to um, find that and change it in advanced settings. But I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, someone playing that on base settings should have been able to tell, you know, this is going to be too much. Yeah, when they were testing the game out. So on my end, it's a bunch of little nitpicks, but it's not anything that breaks the game experience for me. It's little things that I can tailor to myself and make it work better. Um, you know, I'm I'm still in love with the world that they've created. I'm you know getting through the story. I love the characters and stuff like so far. So I'm I'm happy on that aspect. But I do know and I do think that they were capable of putting out a better product. Uh, I just think it's a management issue. I think whoever was running their time schedules and stuff like that uh, really, you know, just shit the bed when it came to like their responsibilities. Um, so I, that's that's my initial thoughts so far. I will be giving a final grade once I once I finish my first playthrough of the game. Um, so definitely uh, look forward to that. Keep watching us on stream. I'm going to continue this weekend. I'm going to be playing Saturday and Sunday to finish out Cyberpunk week. And I'm still giving away a copy of the game for free for anyone who is following me on Twitch. So make sure that you are following me on Twitch. Um, and if you're commenting in the stream, uh, I will get you a second entry into that competition as well. So definitely make sure that you are following us on Twitch. That's Amazing Nerd Show on Twitch. I can't say that enough. Um, we put out tons of great video game content um, all during next week for YouTube. I will be putting out um, my cyberpunk footage on the YouTube channel. Um, I did have some issues um, this week with getting my uploads for Ghost of Tsushima out. Uh, the, the ending was supposed to come out. So I am going to just either on Sunday or Monday, I'm going to drop the final two episodes of Ghost of Tsushima. So look out for that. Um, that was a great series. Um, I definitely was disappointed it didn't win Game of the Year, but, um, you know, it is what it is. All right, let's move on to wrestling. Do the thing? You want to do the thing? Please do the thing. Do it for me. Okay, are you guys ready? Oh, I'm a little nervous, Mr. Callis. Okay, without any further ado, I must bid you adieu. So stay with me now if you know it. Goodbye. And good night. All right, so quick show note. This is actually be recorded on Tuesday, so we're going to have no clue what's going on on the actual NXT show this week. So we're not going to really have any follow-up to go along with this review. But either way, we still survived War Games. <laughs> How great was it that they were able to use the Black Sabbath song, man? Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> AEW needs to start fucking, you know, breaking the bank to get some of these fucking classic exactly. metal songs for their pay-per-views. I will say that was like one of my big things when I thought like, oh, AEW, it has all the money and stuff like that. They're going to have great themes and great entrance music. And they're going to get like tons of artists to work with them. And it didn't really happen. Not yet. I, I guess they just. I, I mean, they're still young and maybe they haven't been putting the emphasis on that. Um, but mm. yeah, I haven't been a huge fan of their theme music, but I'm not a huge fan yeah. of WWE's theme music right now. It's just really NXT is like bringing, you know, for the actual pay-per-view themes, some great artists on board, you know, but Triple H is a, a pretty hardcore metal fan. So I guess it makes sense. All right, Damon. So what were your overall thoughts? Of war games. Um, I thought overall it was a good pay per view. 
Um, it's just unfortunate because I feel like it could have been a great pay-per-view. I feel like two War Games matches um, on one show is just too much. I feel like they should just give it to the feud that really, you know, warrants it. Um, so because, I, you know, unfortunately, the women's uh, match felt a little forced this year. So but we'll get into that. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was it was so so, um, you know. I didn't get too much out of all these matches. I think I enjoyed two of them at most. So I mean, it, it was it was an okay event. Wow. It wasn't like only you know, two? The, the worst. You only enjoyed two yeah. matches out of the six. Yeah, wow. Out of the six. Now, do you feel like that's a product of you not like really keeping abreast of like the happenings of NXT and watching weekly? I guess. I mean, I still I've never been a big fan of Cameron Grimes character. And there's like just a few people that maybe I just haven't been exposed to enough. Mm. I could see that being one of the reasons. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely felt like my interest in NXT has been lacking lately. And I think I'm just not that invested with this like Mm. roster right now, um, unfortunately. Um, they've had lots of injuries and everything, so there's been a lot of like stopping and starting with you know some of the characters. So, um, but after this you know show, I really hope to start getting back into like a routine of watching NXT regularly. All right. Well, starting off the War Games card, we had Team Candice featuring Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm defeating Team Shotzi. Shotzi's Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai. So I'm gonna start off with the positives. I thought there's some there was some memorable spots here and there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought everyone worked really hard. Um and I think everyone's super talented in the match. <laughs> How's that for our participation trophy? Um, <laughs> otherwise, I thought this match was just horribly booked. I mean, I don't understand what they were necessarily thinking here. Um just from a storytelling perspective, um, psychology-wise, it felt like it was booked backwards. I mean, listen, okay. So from the very beginning of War Games, like the you know the incar- the first incarnation of War Games back in like WCW days, like uh-huh. the heel team always gets the advantage. It just it it just makes the most sense match psychology-wise. Um, it gives the, you know, the baby faces something to overcome in the match. Um, so when the faces got the advantage, I assumed that they had something up their sleeve storytelling wise. I was hoping that it wasn't going to be just, you know, different for different sake. Um, but unfortunately, it seemed to be, you know, just that um you know i was like okay well there's going to be some kind of swerve here um i didn't know where they're going with it but nope that wasn't the case they just went ahead and gave the faces the advantage and it just really plays into the biggest problem in the wwe right now is the fact that they have lost the ability to build up baby faces and like it just feels like they don't know how to book them anymore because this match right here was just a fucking baby face killer. <laughs> like, so you mm. gave the faces, or yeah, you gave the faces the advantage. You went ahead, you know, throughout most of the beginning of the match, they had the total advantage. You had them be the ones introducing weapons into the cage, you know, for the heels to fucking overcome. <laughs> and then. You have the baby faces 
lose the match completely clean. You made your baby faces look weak as shit. I mean, let alone, I mean, just the match itself wasn't well put together, uh-huh. and it was just so chaotic, and it was just weapons being used for the sake of using them. I mean, we had someone using a fucking sledgehammer at one point. Um, that was just, I mean, if you use a hammer in a match, that's the finish of the match. And I don't, <laughs> I don't understand, like, how uh-huh. Triple H, the fucking, you know, <laughs> the king of using the goddamn slam, like that's his fucking gimmick would allow someone to use a hammer in a match and not have it mean anything. Like it meant nothing to the finish. No, Shotzi was getting back up at, like after getting hit. I was convinced it was made of plastic. I was oh, like, it this is. has to be. Yeah, no, that's absolutely <laughs> a rubber ass. There is horrible camera work in this match where we see on camera fucking Candice LeRae actually take a chair and put it onto herself while she's laying uh-huh. below a fucking ladder with fucking Blackheart about to jump off on her. And then she literally signals for her to jump on her. And then she breaks her fucking arm in the process. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if she must have thought that the camera would be on Blackheart as she fucking, you know, climbs the ladder. Which actually yeah. makes sense. But for some reason, whoever's in the truck decided to do a fucking wide shot at a weird-ass angle where you could literally see everything that was going on. Now, do I feel like Candace should ever just put a chair onto herself <laughs> during a match? Like, for no reason? No. no. That makes no sense whatsoever. And maybe she was hoping in the chaos no one fucking noticed, you know? But you don't. You have to be able to improvise. If for some reason the chair didn't end up on you and that was supposed to be the spot then just fucking improvise. Um, Mm. You know, so it just, I don't know. It was sloppy. I felt like nothing meant anything. You know, um, I was happy for uh, Raquel Gonzalez to get the win at least because it's it's something new and it's a new opponent for Io to face against, you know, and everything that I've seen from Raquel has been impressive, but I don't, I just don't know what they're thinking, you know, with booking this style of match. You know, and we just, once again, we don't need to have two War Games matches. You know, it's like the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. It's the same shit that they do there where they feel like they need to have multiple Hell in the Cell matches. If it's not, if the, if the feud and the heat doesn't warrant it, don't book it. From the moment Team Shotzi came out and, like, they were supposed to do this, like, whole epic pose on top of her new tank, the cameraman's, like, just sitting to the left it's the most awkward angle. You're just watching um, the the um, heel team standing in the like box next to them. It's so, it's so poorly framed. I mean, there was just so many moments like that. And there was like, uh, I think where the problem started to come up for me was when EO couldn't get into the ring. I thought a better spot would have just been take her out real fast. Mm-hmm. Like have someone run out, just hurt her. She can't get up for a little bit. And then the heels could have introduced the weapon. Yes. And that could have that would have changed the dynamic so much. And that would have given them more of the advantage if she was outside of the ring exactly. for a longer period of time. Then that would have made sense. You know, maybe you have some of the, you know, the little ghost face army that Candace and Johnny have had, you know, come out mm-hmm. and, you know, kidnap her or something like that to give the team advantage. Or, you know, maybe you don't waste the Tony Storm heel turn 
you know, uh, two weeks prior and you do it here in this match. Yes. Um, you know, it, just simple booking things, you know? I mean, I still don't agree with Tony Storm being heel in the first place. It just feels too soon and just completely random. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it honestly feels like just because they didn't have, you know, someone to fill that spot, you know, in this War Games match. Yeah. Just a total <laughs> fucking waste. Um, but I don't know, man. Th- this match really did nothing for me. I don't understand what they're doing with fucking Ripley, honestly. Like, it doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. I really thought she was getting called up to the main roster after after she lost to EO again. Um, I don't know who she pissed off or what the hell's going on. Because they're just, it's like backwards booking with her. Like, she's just been on a downward slide since, you know, yeah. WrestleMania. Um, yeah, top of the mountain last year, and then just nothing. She was white hot. Like, white hot, you know, up to, you know, mm-hmm. WrestleMania. And then just ever since then, I don't know. It's just this whole, like, 50-50 booking with them. Um, Something that you didn't used to get from NXT. Um, just really disappointing. I don't know who's booking the women's matches, um, especially when there's weapons involved. But I noticed this that this is kind of a theme whenever they do like a street fight um, with with weapons and shit where it's just like the weapons don't mean anything because they just like go into it like using them too much. Like they don't choose their mm-hmm. spots wisely. I think it was uh, Candice and I don't remember who she was facing against. But it was the same type deal where it was just like too much. And after a while, it becomes so watered down, you just don't care. Um, you know, so whoever is booking these matches, you know, with the women, they need to just, you know, pull in the reins a little when it comes to the use of weapons. Or, you know, I don't know, watch some old school ECW and see how it's done. Because it's just not <laughs> fucking working. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, up next, we had Ciampa defeating Thatcher. Uh, I love this match. It's probably my match of the night, honestly. I really love the style of match. I thought this was fantastic. These were just two fucking nasty bastards going at it, trading hold for hold, going back and forth. Um, I love the chemistry that these guys have. I I wish more people would work this style. I wish, you know, this kind of like mat game would come back in vogue. There's not enough wrestlers, you know, wrestling this style nowadays. Um, you know, but I, I miss the days of watching like, you know, Kurt Angle, you know, or like, you know, dare I say fucking Chris Benoit, you know, just beat the shit out of each other <laughs> in the middle of the uh, ring. You know, I mean, it just makes, I don't know, like simple things matter so much more. And then you can build up story-wise in the ring to your bigger spots. So, I mean, it, everything looked believable. Um, I hate the way they're fucking booking Thatcher. Honestly, he fuck he loses way too much. Um, even to the build up to this match, um, they had him losing, which made no fucking sense to me. Um, you know, I, I want to see him pick up some wins and get some momentum again. Um, it felt like at the end of this match, they had some mutual respect at least. So I don't know if that's going to go somewhere or if that's just going to lead to another match. Um, but yeah, I feel like this was Ciampa kind of getting his groove back too. No, I mean, that's uh, disheartening to hear because, I, yeah, Thatcher did phenomenal in this match. Uh, I think since the first time I was ever introduced to him, he's been losing. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's just. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, they it seems like they hold him with some regard, at least, but mm-hmm. it doesn't show like with his record. And I mean, wins and losses, it shouldn't matter that much. But at the same time, you need to at least establish the guy as a, a, a credible threat. 
So, yes, exactly. I mean, the whole angle is based off Ciampa coming out and basically calling him a phony tough guy. Um, so the fact that he leaves with respect for him should mean something. And hopefully that carries over to like some sort of push for him. Um, but we'll see. I love the accidental blood that they got. I thought that added so much to the match. And I love how like much they worked that. I also, did you, <laughs> did you notice how hard the camera zoomed into it though? Like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought we we're not allowed to They're show like, that. Oh, it's huh? accidental. We can get it on camera. <laughs> you remember that Joe match where I was against Finn Balor, where he got busted open and the fucking doctor kept on coming. To try to stitch yeah, I remember, him up. Yeah, it must have been Finn because yeah, he kept pushing the um, ref away and yeah. shit. I, ge- I guess <laughs> I guess fucking Vince isn't paying much attention anymore to NXT. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, because yeah, they did a hard zoom, but you know, it definitely mm-hmm. added to the match. Um, it's funny that you know the classic wrestling match actually had blood in it, not the two War Games matches. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, I guess that's 2020, right? Is there some kind of like cosplay like reference that Champa's rocking uh with his ring attire coming to the ring? I, during this, yeah, he was Is Scorpion. it Scorpion? Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah. I well, cuz the mask <laughs> didn't look like Scorpion to me. I it, it didn't look great, but it was definitely what he was going okay. for. Okay, that's cool. Scorp- it was it's the hood too that did. Okay, <laughs> yeah, because I was like something. I I was thinking Scorpion, but I wasn't sure. So, all right, that makes mm-hmm. sense. All right, uh, up next we had Dexter Loomis defeating Cameron Grimes by submission in a strap match. I'm slowly becoming a big Cameron Grimes fan. Like he carried this match for me. Uh, I still I don't know. I can't get into Dexter Loomis too much. I mean, he's literally like, you know, paint drying on two legs. Um, Uh (laughs) I just, I don't know, but Cameron Grimes is super talented. It's unfortunate because if he ever gets to the main roster, he's just going to be chasing our truth for the 24 seven title. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So um, he needs to tone down the ha ha because he's a great worker. The last couple months, he's really shown his like versatility, you know, as a performer. So I thought the match was good. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of strap matches, but I was entertained by it. No, yeah, I mean, I can see Cameron Grimes in good matches every once in a while, but I don't know, just these two personalities against each other just did nothing for me. Uh, I didn't get anything out of this match or the storyline that they were trying to tell. Um, I don't know. It just I think wasn't it all stemmed too from Halloween Havoc, and I only caught bits and pieces uh-huh. of Halloween Havoc. But I don't know if he he was stalking him in some kind of haunted house. That that's what I was getting from the story. Um, I remember hearing about this, but I only watched like I said a couple matches from Halloween Havoc, so it seems uh-huh. like a ridiculous storyline. Um, but I don't know. Cameron Grimes was able to sell it for me. So, all right. Well, up next, we had the triple threat match between Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest and Leon Ruff for the NXT North American Championship. Um, Johnny Gargano going away with the title. Yeah. Um, so I have not been the hugest fan of the whole Leon Ruff storyline. Um, it just feels like kind of a transitional chapter in the story between Damian Priest and Johnny. Um, I'm glad that the title's off of him now. I thought the match was okay. I'm kind of over this whole, like, oh, I'm feeling Damian Priest feeling sorry for Leon because he's put him into this situation. Um, I don't know how much this really did for Leon, and I don't like making the title 
kind of a joke. I feel like that it waters it down, um, especially if it's, you know, you don't have tons of titles with NXT. So, you know, why hand it to someone who's obviously not deserving? Um, so it just, I don't know. It, the match itself was fine. I was happy that Johnny got the win. Now let's see if he can actually hold on to it. <laughs> that's that's a good point. But I don't know. Like, it gave me, like, those early, and this is dumb, but um, Leon Ruff's, like, championship run, you know, gave me those early, uh, like, Santino Morello when he, like, just jumped the it's not border. Dumb. And- <laughs> I, I hated that, too, though. <laughs> You're talking about when he he uh, came over that he was picked out of the crowd, right? Yeah, and then yeah. he won the IC belt. Becomes, his exactly. first fucking night. Um, <laughs> I actually enjoy that kind of idea where it's like you're you're creating the star that you know earns up to the title. And I was kind of hoping that Leon Ruff would actually get out of this match through means of Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest, you know, screwing each other over. Um, See, now, match. if you remember with Santino, though, he wasn't treated like as much of a like a joke right off the bat. Like Leon, mm-hmm. when he won the belt, like it was obvious that it was supposed to be a joke. I mean, later on, they try to add a little credibility to him like <laughs> a couple weeks later. But just the whole idea of him, like, you know, them putting the belt on him and then falling down to his ankles. I mean, it just it was too much haha for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this match didn't do too much for me um you know i i'm still haven't been getting into damian priest as a character um and then all the points where like i just wanted him to fight i didn't want him to like pretend like leon ruff was you know just a non-factor in the match just hit him knock him out of the match and then you can go at gargano i think my turning point was just all the ghost face killers showing up like yeah (laughs) the match was okay until then it just felt like okay why are we Mm -hmm. still seeing these guys you know after fucking october I don't, I don't get it. And then, and am I supposed to care that Austin Theory was one of them? You know, I don't, I don't know. Like, who was the rest of them? Exactly. Like, when he was going, when they were, like, um, ending the match and they're walking away and he's like, it was me all along. I was like, well, but who were the other six that were there? Like, (laughs) I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) All right. Because you know they're not going to do no, anything with them. No, absolutely either. not. They're to forget about them. Absolutely not. And it's probably the best for them, regardless, whoever they are. <laughs> uh, last but not least, we had the Undisputed Era versus um, Team McAfee, Pat McAfee, Pete Dunn, Danny Birch, and Oni Lorcan. Danny Birch and Oni are, Lorcan in the last Are they War not Games known as match. the Kings of NXT anymore? Uh, I mean, I haven't heard anyone call I, that's them what that. They were be- I thought that's what they were referring to themselves as. Um at least at first, so whatever. I kind of like that name better than Team McAfee. Jesus. Uh, I thought this was a good match. Uh, my only issue with it was that it was way too long. Um, I still also, I don't know, man. I can't handle McAfee being at this level after, you know, uh-huh. two matches. I know he was a star athlete, I guess. I mean, he was a fucking kicker, whatever. Um, but you know, just watching him fucking like kick out of Adam Cole's finisher after going uh-huh. through like a forty-minute war game match, it just—I don't know, man. That I don't know if I'm just old school now, <laughs> which I never considered myself. You know, like I—I I never considered myself a purist, but that just that kills it for me. Like seeing that. You know, you're asking me to just suspend too much disbelief here. 
Because, I mean, we've seen, you know, much greater men lose to that move and to that finisher. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's able to kick out of it. I mean, you better have huge fucking plans for him <laughs> that he's able to do that. So, and I don't know, maybe it's going to lead to somewhere story-wise. Um, but the match itself and everything that we saw in the match was fine. They need to get rid of, what is it? Is it like three minutes in between the wrestlers coming into the ring? Oh, yeah. It's five minutes for the first person, and then it's three no, minutes they each need one. to make it like two minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's way too long in between. They don't need that. They need to hurry up and get to everyone, you know, into the match. And the match actually starting. So, because um, everything before that really feels like it doesn't matter much, um, unfortunately. So... Uh, we'll see where they go from here. I thought it was interesting that Kyle mm. ended up picking up the win. Um, we know Finn is coming back. Um, he hasn't been, you know, wrestling since the match against Kyle. So I'm wondering if this is going to lead to a rematch between the two. Um, we'll see. Is that going to end up with some kind of like jealousy between him and Adam Cole? You know, I mean, especially since Adam Cole couldn't pick up the win here. Um, but mm. I've been booking a you know undisputed era breakup for four years now. It feels like, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, they've literally been in every single war games match at this point. Yes. So <laughs> I have no clue. I mean, I have I'll, no clue what's happening. Mm, I, I'll give O'Reilly credit. I thought he was the most impressive one in the match. I, I enjoyed everything between him and Pete Dunne throughout yeah. it. I thought like. Um, their final confrontation when it was them two again. I mean, at the I'm, end, I'm I fine with them. Awesome. I'm fine with them pushing, you know, O'Reilly. But at the same time, mm. like, I'm wondering, like, does this mean something? Like, are we going somewhere here, somewhere with the storyline? Whenever there's a situation in these stables where the alpha is kind of, you know, cast aside and you've got someone else going for the championship, that usually leads to dissension. So... Uh-huh. We'll see if that's the case. I mean, I know it happened the one time, but two times might be, you know, one too many. So, um, I don't know. It'll be an interesting wrinkle, regardless of what happens. No, I I would love to see, like, um, the thumbs down moment for the Undisputed Mm -hmm. Era uh, with O'Reilly up on someone's shoulders. Is it Cole turning heel? Or is it Kyle Kyle O'Reilly turning heel? You see, I would... I prefer if they were kicking Cole out than Kyle, mm-hmm. but I Cole is such a great heel. Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, he's not really a heel. If you think of it, he's so over that he can't do Damn. much. So it's like I almost want to see him as a babyface at this point. Just let him go full can, face. You know, have Kyle in the undisputed era. You know, maybe pick someone else up. I don't know, and then you know, have Cole fighting against those guys. So that could be a huge fucking, you know, angle for them mm-hmm. that, you know, could draw for months. Or they'll just keep pumping in the booze <laughs> <laughs> and make it work. I guess. All right. So overall, Christian, what All would right. you uh, give this pay-per-view star wise? Um, I think I'm going to give it uh, three and a quarter. OK, I'm going to give it three and a half stars. I just really love the Ciampa and Thatcher match. So it's probably one of my favorite matches of the year. Oh yeah, it was that was a really fucking awesome match. I don't think there I've seen a bad match from Ciampa in general. No, no, I agree a hundred percent. And I honestly, I've yet to see one from Thatcher. So since we're recording on Tuesday, you know, all we're really going to be able to talk AEW wise 
and you know NXT wise or Impact wise, if you will, um, you know the fact that Kenny showed up on Impact this week, um, a huge event um, that they teased at the end of Dynamite. Uh, he was there with Don Callis. You know, they talked about how this plan was really in the works, not just for, you know, days, not just for weeks or months, but for years. Um, you know, I thought it was a pretty cool moment. Omega T's like collecting belts. Um, seems like he's going to be going after the impact belt. They also teased having a huge surprise for Dynamite tomorrow. So uh, we also got a paid advertisement from Tony Khan and <laughs> Tony Schiavone. Um, I was really surprised by this. Um, this is the most Tony Khan has been on camera, um, you know, for an actual wrestling show since uh-huh. you know the beginning of AEW. Um, I don't know if he felt more comfortable since it was on, you know, Impact because he always said he never wanted to be a character on the shows um and he went straight heel here just kind of (laughs) i mean at one point he said that you know there was rumors about him buying impact and you know he you really talked down about their tag team division it seemed like you know uh parading around the fact that they have the best tag team in the world the young bucks um so i'm sure we're gonna get some kind of tag team you know uh match out of this um it feels like we're definitely going for a roster versus roster feud here that's not just going to revolve around kenny and the title belt um so i don't know i'm, I'm all for the interpromotional you know shenanigans so bring it on i'd love to see how far they're willing to take this collecting belts gimmick i would love to see like you know he comes just takes the tna title and then he also goes gets the triple a well, title, title and oh he yeah, still has the he still a has it okay. I wasn't so sure i mean he, he can go after the new japan title though <laughs> mm-hmm. that'd, be, that'd be crazy that would be great i would love to see them do like an old school like tag team like you know in invitational like they used to do back in the day um where you had like different promotions and everything um you know in the mm-hmm. 80s they would i forgot what do they call it, the crockett cup i can't remember the name of the cup but anyway um where you had different tag teams you know going after like this you know meaningless basically um i would love to see them do like an old school like tag team in like invitational kind of like what they do on nxt but actually have it mean something mm-hmm. with like more than just you know one promotion um you know maybe have you know a, a ring of honor or an impact or you know aw um you know, going after this cup and just having all your different tag teams, you know, from around, you know, the country competing against. I mean, fuck, throw a new Japan, you know, I think that'd be a fun thing, you know, and something for them to fight over. Um, you know, they did it, uh, you know, back in the day. I feel like it would work now. And with that said, that does it for this week. All right. But before we head out, make sure to head over to DramaCityProductions.com where you can hear us and plenty of other great podcasts. That's right. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you subscribe, rate, and give us a five-star review. Yeah, it definitely helps an independent podcast like us keep on going. And you know what? If you like any of the stories that we talked about this episode, make sure you go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and see the full versions of these articles, plus a whole lot more. Yeah, you can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show. That's your nerd hub for all things pop culture. And if you're looking to further support the show, go ahead and buy some merch over at Tee Public. They have shirts, they have sweatshirts, I think they have mugs, bumper stickers, the works, man. Absolutely. And you can also head over to ProWrestlingTees.com and find our merch there as well. Yeah, while you're at it, go ahead and pick up your favorite wrestler's t-shirt. 
All right, so that's going to do it for this week. Christian, remind the good people about our giveaway. That's right, guys. Make sure you head over to twitch.com slash amazingnerdshow to get in on Cyberpunk Week. We're going to be giving away one copy of the game this weekend, so definitely make sure that you're following us. Make sure you're active in the chat, and that gives you two entries into possibly winning one copy of Cyberpunk 2077. All right, people, on the podcast end of things, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you go ahead and give us a five-star review. And you know what? Tell a friend. Absolutely. Well, my name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. Mr. Anderson. Run, Neo, run. What is he doing? He's beginning to believe.